You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. This is somewhat of like a vision Sunday. You know, it's it's kind of getting to know our DNA, what we're made up of, what makes us us. Um, and we're calling it This Is Reality. You know, it's just, what, what are you? What is that name about? What do you guys believe in? Making sure we're not creepy in some weird church that you're just going to on Sunday morning, that kind of stuff. Um, but obviously answering some real questions, um, talking everything from, you know, leadership to values to all that good stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't think it will be dry. I think it, because knowing me, it'll, I'll be using my hands a lot, that's for sure. But uh, there is probably a lot of information, and for those of you that, like, care about, you should all care about the church. But, um, you know, in that sense, in that way, there's some, some information that might go over your head or just, like, I don't know why you're saying that. But at the same time, it's all really good stuff and really important. And you should know, any church that you go to, you should know this kind of stuff. But as a precursor, I will say that uh, I'm not going to cover everything. There's, like, no possible way to answer all your questions. I don't even know what your questions are. Um, and there's no way to kind of go into more detail. But at the same time, I want to make sure you know that, like, I'm very approachable. Um, if you can come with any questions, any subject. I'm not going to take offense to it. I'm not, I'm not scary. Uh, you can come up. Um, we can totally do it after service, or we could meet up, have coffee, lunch, something like that but happy to talk with you further if you have any specific questions about anything pertaining to the church. But um, can I pray for us before we begin? All right. So God, thank you. We thank you for the ability to gather. We thank you for the ability to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're just reminded that today is a privilege. Anytime we gather around you, and we're able to worship you. We see that as a privilege and an honor. And God, we are excited about this new work, this, this new community that you're building, a part of a greater work, a part of your kingdom, uh, your greater kingdom in this city, in this, on this island, in this world. And Lord, we just pray that as we speak of your church today, that we would see Jesus. God, this isn't meant to be a reality thing. It's meant to be a what is Christ's church supposed to look like in this local expression called reality. We thank you, Lord, for how you've led us, though, how, you, how you've started this church, how you've, um, you've sustained it. And we ask, Lord, that today would be unifying for all of us, that we would understand together what the church is to be about and that we would be able to participate in it, commit to it, uh, that we'd be able to be a people that are excited for what you're doing and that we get to be a part of it, that you choose to use us in the building of your kingdom, each and every one of us and this church. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just get glory, that all, all the, the credit would be given to you, that you would uh, author this time, that it would be your you speaking through me. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So... My hope today is to share with you a couple things. One would be like some of our history, like where we came from, how this came to be, a little bit about myself, but also what we value, what we believe in, what's of utmost importance to us, and like I said, like what makes us us, like what, you know, many would think like what, what makes you different or what, what, what are your values, what do you guys believe in, that kind of stuff as well as kind of a look forward to what is God specifically calling Reality Honolulu to look like uh, as we go forward. Like, what, what's gonna, what are we going to look like? What's God going to have us do? Cast some vision, maybe some vision specifically unique to this church in this city at this time. But first, I just wanted to talk a little story about our history and how we came to be. For those of you that have followed reality and know reality, this will be some uh, recap. But for, for some in this room, you're like, I don't even know. You're kind of weird, this name reality. What's going on? Kind of weird, and I don't know about you, so here you go. Uh, the reality family of churches, or a family of churches. There's more than just reality Honolulu. We started in 2003. Um, about 15 years ago now, this September will be 15 years that reality has uh, been around. And we refer or think of ourselves as a family rather than an organization or church planting network. And it's because 
we feel like we're just that. We're family. It's, it's highly relational. It's uh, a labor of love when we start another reality. Uh, and also, it's, it's more than just, you know, we share common practices and common theology on a paper. You sign a paper, and you're in reality now. It's highly relational. Uh, we share common values and common practices, and, but we really value personal relationships between one another, between the other realities. And when another reality is planted, we actually like to refer to it as more like church birthing than church planting. This is what I mean by that is that we feel like we're having another kid. Like, it's not just like, hey, let's just put a a church in this city because that city needs Jesus. It's, no, we've prayed about it. We've heard from the Lord. We together are unified that we're supposed to do this. And we're all in. Like, like we're going to have a kid, and we're with this kid. There are kids forever. And what's neat about that is it takes a long time to start a reality, but it's because there's such rich value in the relationships that we have. And so, for instance, even on, you know, a part of it is, uh, like, financially, just to even start the church, every other reality family is supporting Reality Honolulu right now, like, as a family, because kids, kids need their parents to pay for things. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Um, and, but there's a point, right? The kids grow up and then the parents are like, you need to, you need to get out of the house now. Like you need to get on your own. So there's a limit to that, um, out of, out of health. But at the same time, it very much feels like we're family. And so when we start a church, instead of planting a church, we call it birthing a church because we really see it, uh, that that's the labor of love, that it takes time and that through the good times and bad for good, we are family. And, uh, but just like family, all the kids look different, right? Same family name, grew up in the same household, but very different personalities usually, right? Your siblings, um, sometimes they're like you, but a lot of times siblings are very different. And what's neat about that is that's like reality. You go to Reality San Francisco, Reality Boston, reality, they're going to have their own unique flair, unique personality. Yes, there's common values and there's shared practices. And you more or less, you'll probably be like, oh, this is reality. They got carpets up front and there's communion and they turn the lights down low. We can't really do that or else we'd cook in here, by the way. If we, if we made this, we can't really make it super dark. But anyway, um, God is doing some really cool, unique things with other realities in different cities. And they have unique callings and uh, they're meeting kind of different cultures and different people. And Every reality is going to look a bit different, right? Reality Honolulu will look different than others, but all the, all the same, we, we believe that we're family. Um, we don't think of ourselves as like a church planting network. It's not like you can just even just become a reality. It's like we just feel like God, over time, through the leading of his Holy Spirit, um, calls us to start another one. So there's not many uh, because we don't really feel called necessarily, like, let's start a ton of churches. It's like, we'll just start a church when God tells us to start a church type of thing. You know what I mean, that kind, that kind of thing. So uh, the first reality back in 2003 was started in a little surf community called Carpinteria, population 14,000 people, like on a good day. Uh, super small, uh, just about 10 miles south of Santa Barbara on the central coast in California there. And uh, God called a guy named uh, Britt Merrick. If you're familiar with the surfing world, his dad is Al Merrick, Channel Island Surfboards, uh, super famous surfboard shaper. Uh, I will say the best. I'm going to be biased on that one, right? It's family, so I can do that. Uh, But God just laid it upon his heart and others to start a church in his hometown where he was from. And so, that, so he stepped out in faith and went for it, and um, that, that was the beginning of it. And the name reality isn't just something that's a catchphrase and cool and let's call us something different so people want to question reality and like go and see. Um, it comes from Colossians 2.17. Colossians 2.17 says there that these are a shadow of the things that were to come, but the reality, however, is found in Christ. And it's this idea that the world is so uncertain, right? And it's filled with many beliefs and questions and many different realities. Like there's many different things you can believe in. There's many different realities for people of what's true and what's not true. But we believe that scripture would say that like Jesus is the true reality. He's the greatest truth. He's the rock that we can can put our lives upon. And at the heart of Christianity, 
lies the belief that like Jesus is who he said he was. And what he's done is to be the very center and the foundation of life. Like Jesus is everything. He is our true reality. He's the rock on which we can stand upon. And he's the answer to our greatest problem, right? Our sin condition. And he's the answer to our deepest longing of humanity. And so as we look at scripture and we see this verse in Colossians, the reason why we would name the church that is our church is built on the convictions that, that Jesus is reality. That Jesus is reality. He is the true reality. He's the only one. He's the greatest one. And so when people say, hey, why reality? Colossians 2.17 would allude to the fact that it's all about Jesus. That's why we call ourselves reality. Super simple, super straightforward. But nonetheless, we believe that Jesus is the source and center of everything. And we should base our entire lives upon it. And so Jesus is the reality of all things. So what happened was, is God called Britt to start that little church in 2003, never with the intent to start any other reality. He actually never wanted any big church. Like, it was just like, I'm so happy to go back to my hometown and minister to the 14,000 people there. And like, I can't wait to have a small church type of thing. And God just didn't see that. He uh, kept adding to that number. And um, man, church planning was never on the radar, but shortly into the life of that church, uh, 15 years ago, Jesus just began to do a new work and have people come and lay it on uh, the leadership's heart to pray about starting other realities. And so now there's uh, a total of nine realities, including us, spread across the mainland and uh, into Europe this last year. And so the reality family of churches by date of birth their birth dates. Uh, reality Los Angeles, which many of you guys are from, was the firstborn. Uh, 2006 is when they were born, January 2006. Um, Stockton, 2007, got uh, some stock. Yep, parents go to Rally Stockton. It's kind of fun. Uh, Rally Ventura, 2009. Rally San Francisco, San Francisco, I think. There's some people, yep, in the house. Uh, or people that you know. Uh, 2010, Rally Santa Barbara was 2011. Rally Boston, 2012. Last year, uh, or two years ago now, but Re Reality London was birthed by, by Tim Chaddock, which was the original pastor of Reality um, LA. So the, the, the uh, breakdown kind of breaks down, you know. Is that like a grandkid? I don't know. If it, it breaks down a little bit, but you get my point. And so we were born uh, a whole four months ago, three and a half months ago or so. So uh, as, yeah, we're still trying to figure things out. We're a baby, okay? Not sleeping through the night. That kind of thing. Don't know how to eat yet. Don't know how to walk. Don't know how to talk. That kind of stuff. Baby. Um, but what's neat is for me personally, I was there throughout the entirety of it. And uh, I kind of grew up with, with Britt, uh, my high school years. And when God called him to start reality, um, shortly after that went and was a part of it. And I was a young, excited about Jesus, you know, kid. And God just had a calling upon my life. Didn't know that, but he did. And in 2006, I came on staff. Sorry, my mic's a little. Um, <clears throat> in 2006, I came on staff. Full-time ministry, laid down college, laid down kind of careers I was pursuing. Really felt that God was leading me by his spirit and uh, by his call in 2006 into that. So over the course of the 10 years I was in full-time ministry there, because we moved over here um, just at the end of, well, beginning of last year. But in the, over the course of 10 years of ministry there, uh, just was involved with kind of everything under the sun that you could be involved in at a church, from youth ministry to volunteer care to operations to set up and tear down, church planning, involved with all those other church plants, home groups, counseling, leadership development, everything that uh, a proper pastor probably does. Just everything's needed to be done. So over the course of that decade, God um, used me in those ways. And it was a great decade of seeing God moving, but also just learned invaluable things when obviously going to start your own church. You know what I mean? Or like God calling you to start something from, uh, from nothing, uh, which, is, which is what God has done here. And it's been amazing training and preparation to get to this place. But for us, the stirrings of reality Honolulu for my wife and I started about five years ago, 
and there's a whole story to that, and there's so much confirmation, and there's so many answered prayers, and God did an incredibly amazing provision to get us here, and uh, man, we feel called without a shadow of a doubt that we're supposed to be doing this, and we've seen his faithfulness already in so many different ways. Um, that story, I'd love to share it with you, but it's probably like a lunch story, or like a coffee story. You can ask me after, but you're probably not going to get all, all that. But uh, nonetheless, here we are. We're sure that God's called us, and he's, fill, he's really filled our hearts with a love for the people here. And that's from the get-go. Like, there was, no, there was no tie to Hawaii. There was no, like, hey, my family's from here, or I vacation here a lot. It was very left field to us, but not to God, right? He, he, he knew this. It was his plan. Um, and from the very beginning, five years ago, he just gave us his heart for the people here, for you guys. And man, I'm telling you, it's this overwhelming love that you can't even comprehend. Like that is, and so we're not only led by calling, like God called us to, not only by his words as, you know, why the church should be and go forth, but also there's this sense that like God loves and desires to know and be with the people here. And so we're excited. We're really excited for what God's doing. Again, we're a baby, um, but we're excited for what is ahead. Oh, thank you. John Hansen, everybody. <laughs> Him and his family felt the call of God to come and be a part of the church from Riyadh, Los Angeles. So they moved here also. <laughs> he just, he hates this. He hates me talking about <laughs> Amazing humans. God bless him. Wife, Jen. Many children, too. Many children. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. I needed the clip. I needed it. So our DNA, our values, right? That's a little bit of our story. There's a lot more to it. I just told you 15 years of history. But uh, our DNA, like we like to call it, or our values, or what makes us us, uh, in a nutshell, if you look on the website, it, it encapsulates it, is we're a community following Jesus, and you might think that's too simple. It's like, well, no, that's actually what we're supposed to be as a church. Like a community that's in following Jesus, that we're disciples of Christ. There's a lot that comes from that, right? When you follow Jesus, there's a lot that comes from it. But in essence, we as a church want to be a community that are following Jesus. We never want to lose sight of that, that Jesus is the prize. Like he is the goal and the center and the foundation. And we are following him in discipleship, into mission and all these things things. But so that you guys can, it'd be helpful today, because that's super broad, I wanted to kind of go through just kind of three points. One is just the leadership structure. I think that's important. Um, so many churches have different leadership structures. Number two is uh, kind of this paradigm, but it's really these, these three categories that we really hold on to that kind of leads us. It's, or that, it's, that, it's that we're theological, missional, and relational. TMR is what, you know, over the last 15 years is kind of like what we've kind of developed. Like, oh, we're a theological, missional, and relational church. And then lastly, I want to share just kind of what we're sensing uh, God doing. Like, our unique call to Honolulu. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean for you and I? What does that mean for this church as we go forward? What do we feel like God's doing? So number one, leadership. This is important because, like I said, every church is different, has a different take and different interpretation and different structure. But first and foremost, we believe and really mean that Jesus Christ is our chief shepherd, or in other words, our senior pastor. We don't just say that to say it. We really mean it. We reserve that title for him. Like, that's his. Because the Bible does. Like in 1 Peter 5, Scripture gives that term to Jesus. It says that he's the chief shepherd of the church, or translated senior pastor. He is the senior pastor of the church. I would refer to myself, uh, I think w w one person said it right, titles are titles, they're not the vitals. It's a good, it was a good one. Um, but the idea is that we don't love titles, but if titles are helpful, we, we use them. So if you want to think, like, who is that up here? Who is Riz? You can, I'm not the senior pastor. Jesus is, right? But I'd be, like, the lead pastor or uh, the pastor or the elder for preaching and vision, vision, excuse me. But we reserve, again, the title for senior pastor to Jesus. But we really do believe that reality, like this local expression of God's church, is his. Like, it's not ours. 
like, it's not mine. This is not my church. This is not our church. It's Jesus's church. And we're his people. Like, it's not our people or it's not my people. It's Jesus's people. And we believe that ultimately, like, he is the one leading and should be leading and guiding and building his church. And he, and, and, we really believe that he knows best, that he, that he knows what he's doing, he knows best, and we're to be in submission to that. Like we're to be under his leading and his guiding. For a lot of people, when you, you could say it this way, that, that for myself and, and others that will, will, will lead the church kind of in, in this way, we're under shepherds. Jesus is the chief shepherd, we're under the chief shepherd, we're under shepherds. We lead and guide as he tells us and as scripture would say to us, but we believe that reality Honolulu is ultimately to be led by, guided by, and built by Christ, and uh, reality Honolulu being a small part of his greater kingdom, right? We're one small local expression of that. But we also see that, yes, that is right and that is good and we, and we want to function and practice things that way that he's leading. But we also see from scripture that God appoints elders. God appoints elders to oversee and guide the church. And we see in the New Testament over and over that, that every church was set up with a group of elders caring and shepherding for that church. We would call this a plurality of elders. You may have heard that term before, maybe from other churches that you were a part of. But if a church has a plurality of elders, this is probably what they're speaking about. There isn't one person in charge necessarily. There isn't uh, only, you know, there's, there's a group of men that are elders at the church appointed by God that, that are um, qualified by Scripture to be elders, and they are. They're the ones that are meeting and praying and seeking the Lord, or should be, uh, as they, they come under and they ask Christ, according to his word, by his spirit, what would you have for the church? And so we, as reality... We believe that scripture would say that the leadership in the church should have a plurality of elders. So a big word for that is our ecclesiology, our leadership structure, is that we believe in this plurality of elders that the New Testament speaks about, shared leadership amongst a group of men. We do believe that there's a first among equals, so to speak, to, to lead and to spearhead and to guide and kind of quarterback it, um, which that's, that's me as of right now. Um, but we believe that, that, that there shouldn't just be one person. So in addition to elders... Because we're a 501c3, like we're a nonprofit in the state of Hawaii, not only does the state of Hawaii, but the federal government requires that any nonprofit have a board, a board of directors. You guys have heard this a lot. So in addition to elders in the church, we also have a board of directors, right? Scripture doesn't say, like, you need a board of directors, but the government does. But we believe that elders are to lead the church. Elders are to pray and shepherd and set doctrine, um, do, do all the things that, you know, elders in the scripture are laid out. But also, we have a board. And so a board gives financial accountability. It gives uh, expertise. It gives uh, further accountability. I mean, a board is, is really good at having resources and uh, accountability and wisdom for the elders of the church. And so the board acts in a lot of ways as an advisory to the elders. So since we're a baby and we just started, the board right now acts as the elders of the church. Like, there will be a time that God will raise up local elders alongside me and that we will be the elders of the church, even though I know you're laughing right now that he's an elder up here. He looks like he's like two years old. But uh, elder doesn't mean necessarily you have to be old and you have to be gray-haired and I have to, uh, elders can, can be young too. That's okay. It, it, it happens. Uh, it, it's here. It's here, right here. Um, but for, for now... Reality Honolulu's board, our board of directors, consists of Britt Merrick. Just talked about him. He's the founder of the Reality family. He, he's the preaching and vision pastor for Reality Carpinteria, still, that little town still. And then we have uh, Dave Lomas, which he's the lead pastor at Reality San Francisco, and uh, he's on the board. And then we have Tyler Morgan, which he's a pastor at Reality, kind of, it's kind of like 
Reality Carpinteria, Santa Barbara, Ventura, but also has helped with the launching of all the reality churches. He's the finance admin business guy that uh, has many degrees and, you know, he knows what he's doing in a lot of ways. But what's neat is that these guys have been really formative in reality Honolulu and they continue to be. And they bring a lot of wisdom and experience and prayerful insight to the table. And so what's neat is uh, they're, they're all my friends. Um, I've known them forever. Uh, Britt married me. Tyler's kids were ring bearer and flower girl in our wedding. And Dave, I've known for years. And so it's, it's very much relational. It's family. And they're super supportive. And they're men that are anointed by God. And so it's a gift that these guys speak and help lead the direction of Reality Honolulu. They're a great resource and a gift. Um, you know, we talk weekly. And even like last week, I was in California. We had our first board meeting. And um, it's a gift. And so over time, the Lord will kind of raise up and he'll do that and the board will still function as they function, but we'll have local elders that are under, under the leadership of Jesus helping lead the church. But are you guys with me? Got this? I'm talking board of directors. There's a lot of action right here. But nonetheless, I want to I give you an, uh, some, some insight as well as explain to you how we function so you don't just think it's just me up here doing everything because it's not. Um, there's a lot more that we could talk about there, but I, what I want to do is, is, is jump into this paradigm that I talked about called TMR. And we've, this has kind of, kind of come up organically over the last 15 years as we've tried to ask this question of, like, what are you about? What's, what's important to you? Like, why, why are you guys different? Um, and even explaining, right, when people ask what is it about on the other, all the other church plants? This is what we've developed. So first is theological. Theological is just the word that means the study or knowledge of who God is. And the reason why we would lead with that is that as reality, like we care deeply about who God is, what he's done for us, and then what that means for us. Like that is of utmost important and concern that he's the center, he's the source, and that we do everything in light of what he has done for us. And God's word by God's spirit like gives us instructions of how to do this. And so we are a theological church in that we very much care about who God is and what he's done and what that means for us. And we see God's word as a pointer to his character and what he's about. And we see it as our highest standard. Like this is our plumb line. This is our, um, our, our lie detector test. I mean, this is our guide. Every, every word that you could use to describe scripture um, that you might be thinking of, we believe and see that as a guiding force in the church and how we should do church. And so we are a theological people. We're people about, all about God's word and what it says, and it informs our, our, our practices and our liturgy and why we do the things we do on Sundays because of that. And if you want to break that down a little more, because that's it's pretty broad still, um, there's really four main things I want to say about that. One is we're about people about the word, we're about worship, we're about prayer, and we're about the Holy Spirit. And this is what I mean by that. Like the word of God, this is why a big part, sometimes longer than others, a big part of Sunday mornings is teaching and preaching God's word. Because we're a people that care about what God says to us, right? It's a large part of our gatherings. And we also have like a high importance of personal study and personal reading. Like we're going to say that over and over. Like get into the word of God. Know Jesus, as the book of Acts would say. Be Bereans. Know it for yourself. Be a people that, that are immersed in the word of God to encounter the God that you find in it. We're to be students of scripture. And we believe that, that we have a... Uh, of utmost importance is our obedience to scripture and the transformative work that comes from meeting God through it. And so we are a people of the word of God. And so for many of you, you've joked about this, but also you enjoyed when I said this, but the very first Sunday I said, hey, we're going through the book of Mark. It's going to take a really long time. We just like to eat it up and digest it. It's probably going to be about a year to get through the book of Mark. And that, that's true. We like to just sit and wait and, and experience and dig in and know the God of the Bible. And so we really highly elevate the word of God. Also, worship. We very much believe that God is worthy of worship. 
right? He's, he's worthy of it. And so the act as believers, what should be a huge part of the local expression of the church is that we should be worshipers. That's what God came to do, right? He came to make worshipers out of rebels. We were in rebellion to God, but he saved us and he saved us so that we could worship him, right? When Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn, which signified a separation from his people and his presence so that now we can boldly approach the throne of grace. We can worship our God. And so even the book of Romans would say that our lives are to be living sacrifices of worship. But on a Sunday morning, as you'll see, we highly value worship. We'll do it before the message. We'll do a lot of worship after the, after, uh, the teaching of the word because we believe when God gathers his church, when he gathers his people on a Sunday morning, that we, one of our first and foremost things that we should do is that we should worship the God that saved us. Amen? And so as a church, like that is huge to us, the worship of God. And we'll try to in, in, in ways, I mean, we Sorry, it's not darker, but normally it would be. Like, it would be darker, and there'd be free of distractions, and we, we, we set out carpets in front because we want you to be able to come down and worship God on the carpets, or, we, you know, we, we greatly want you to, like, worship as you would worship. You want to stand and lift your hands. You want to sit in your seat. Like, you want to be in the back. You want to be on the carpets. We want that. We want to make an atmosphere where you can be with Jesus and worship him. We also believe that of utmost concern is prayer. That, that throughout scripture, we see God's people interacting with God via prayer. We believe that prayer is what started the church. Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, was a prayer meeting. The, the church was birthed out of a prayer meeting. We see throughout scripture that prayer has sustained the church. That's what continued the church going. And so we believe that prayer is the, the lungs of the church, so to speak. It breathes life into it. It's not just a formalized thing that you do to be a Christian or it's a religious practice that you do because you're supposed to. We believe that it's calling upon the hand of God to move. We believe that prayer is powerful and that it moves the hand of God for the glory of God. And so we, we pray. We pray every Sunday. We pray uh, individually. We want to be a people that pray multiple times. We, we do that in the service. We pray before worship. We pray after worship. We pray in announcements because we believe truly that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. And prayer is essential for the hand of God to move in the church. And so we, we want to be and we are a people that pray. And also, we believe uh, in the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, right? The third person of the Trinity, we believe that he's our helper and our guide and our teacher, um, that he gives us power, that the Holy Spirit reveals God's will uh, through his word to us. Uh, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We do believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today, and they should be active and functioning in the church according to the word of God and what they say and how they are supposed to function and in the time and the place. But we absolutely encourage and do see that the Holy Spirit is our helper and that the gifts of the Spirit are for today and that we should, as a church, individually and corporately, they should be functioning. They should be functioning in the church. And so uh, those are like the core four. There's a lot of other really important things, us as a church. But even if you've been going here the last few months, you may in some sense say, wow, it's just so like simple. Uh, maybe you don't think that. Maybe you think it's complicated. I, don't go to another church then, probably. Uh, be too complicated. But it's really basic and simple. Not that it's not deep. That's not that there's no depth to it. But we really just see, <laughs> and I think we believe that we easily can complicate what the church should be like. We easily can complicate what it should be like and how it functions, and we really just see it as, man, it's about meeting with Jesus. It's about the word, worship, prayer, and the, and the Holy Spirit going forth, and uh, those are key components of what we believe in. So that's the theological component. The missional component is that we also see in scripture, it is undeniable that God is a missional God. That Jesus left the comforts of heaven. He came to earth. He lived amongst humanity so that we could be saved. Like by nature, God goes to people. 
He goes out to people to meet them. He is missional by nature. And we very much see the idea of mission, a core component of us as a church. If you're here last week, I talked about it in uh, our sermon. But mission, just to kind of like change your perception right away, is not just going to a far off place and across the ocean. Mission or being on mission is the mindset and attitude that God loves everyone around you, your neighbor, your coworker, and those that live in the remotest parts of the earth. It's all encompassing. And so we say, when we say that mission or being missional is important to us, it's this idea that we get from God himself that we are to be a people on mission for the glory of God. It's a huge pillar of what we do and what we will do. And in kind of our last kind of section today of our unique calling, we'll share a bit more about that. But in general, we, we believe that the church is more than just these four walls, right? It's more than just a church building. It's more than just a Sunday morning. We are the church gathered on Sunday, but we are scattered the rest of the week. But we still are the church of God going forth into this world for his glory, So we're a theological people, we're a missional church, a missional people, and we're also, we value relationship, we're a relational people, because also we see God as a relational God, right? He, by nature, exists three in one in the Trinity. We see God cares deeply about relationships, us and him, that's the purpose of the gospel. If he didn't care about relationships, he would have never sent his son to repair broken relationships. By the nature of the gospel, God is about relationships. Sin wrecked, it it marred, it broke a perfect relationship we had with God. And Jesus Christ dying on the cross fixed that. It healed that. It restored and made it one again. See, God deeply cares about healthy relationships. He cares about how we're doing with him. And he cares about how we function with people. Right, the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. It's about him and others. Like, it's, it's, it's filled by the foundation of his nature about relationships. And because God cares, so do we. Right, we care about being right with God. We care about you being right with God. We care about others being right with God. And we also care about, like, how we're doing individually like we care about like how you're doing like the health of of who you are we care about how your life is we care about how you're doing with relationships just like mitch alluded to in announcements like community is is huge for us like it's it's huge to who we are because it's huge to who god is see god desires that we do life together and i know i might uh, well, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I might offend you maybe when saying this, but it's actually, and I've said it, and many of us do, that all we need is Jesus. That's actually not true. God designed you to do life with other people also. Think about Adam in the garden. He needed a companion. Like God, it was perfect. This is before sin happened. God made man. And he made all the animals, and there was no one suitable for Adam. And so he needed to make Eve. He needed to have have a relationship. And I'm not saying that that's wrong that you say all you need is Jesus. I know what you mean by that. And yes, that's right. All you need is Jesus. But actually, God made you to do life with people in community. And so that's why I kind of want to break that up a bit because... Our societies become so individualistic, like we're so about like doing it together and we, I mean, doing it alone and we can do it on our own and we don't need anyone. That is just not true. By the basis of our design by God is that we need to have relationships. We're made in in his image and God's a relational God. And because we're image bearers, we are to be relational and do community with one another. And so at Reality Honolulu, like we're big about that. And we don't really think community is a byproduct. Like, we don't just think like, oh, well, we're all here, so we're together. It's like, no, that's not, we want to cultivate relationships. We want to go deep. We want to 
ask the hard questions. We want to be accountable to each other. We want to be uh, transparent to one another. We want to be real and authentic and genuine because God does with us. And so we really believe being a relational church is really important. It's not a byproduct. It's essential. So that's why we're like going camping together, right? That's why we're doing it because it's like, man, there ain't nothing else to do but be relational. Like you just be with one another and that's the whole purpose of why we're going is so that we can foster relationships for the glory of God in this new work. So in huge part, you could define who we are under that paradigm, right? We're a theological, missional, and relational people. There's a lot more details, right, that you could add into all that. But hugely, that is what makes us us. So in light of that, I want to share with you what we're sensing, like our unique call to Honolulu, so to speak, right? So that, that could be true of any church in any city. That could be true, right? That's true of all the other realities. But uh, we see there's a unique call, and I want to kind of go through that. First of all, Sunday mornings, the church gathered. We really want to break from the routine and not just let it be church. We want, we want it to, like, we want to go deep. Like, we want to spend time in God's presence. Um, we, want, we want the word of God to go forth with power. We want there to be time for you in Jesus with, with Jesus uh, in worship. We put communion out every Sunday because we want you to remember as often as you do this, meet on Sundays, like remember the cross. And so I think we're thinking about Sundays differently because I've worked at a church for the last decade and I've gone to church longer. You can make church really easy, just another thing you do. You add it into your schedule, it's good for you, you get something out of it. But our desire is to think of it so much different. Like think of it as the church is about, I'm going to meet with Jesus today. That is so much different than like getting a parking spot, getting a coffee, sitting down and just receiving. It's, you come, out, come in with such a different posture. And it might just be a mindset or a, a heart reset. But I know for me, the, the way that I've been praying is that I know for a lot of you, you've gone to church for a long time, for some of you, and that we would, would approach Sunday mornings in this new church, in this new community, different. That we would, they would be open and willing to receive from God, to go deep, to break the routine, and really to meet with Jesus. So that's number one, is that we just don't want to like be the status quo and like just do what we do and be programmed. We want to be desperate for the Lord on Sunday mornings. And obviously that takes... Not only me doing that or Zoe doing that or others doing that. It takes all of us coming in with that heart and mindset. God, I want to meet with you. God, I want to hear from you. This is your word. This is the time where I get to be with you. And that will change us. I mean, that will radically change our church on Sunday mornings if we come in with that heart. But also, church is more than just this, right? This is the large gathering. But we see in the book of Acts that there should be small gatherings going on, like also, like, we see that as a healthy part of the church. Even though we're a like, relatively small church compared to others, it's still hard to meet people and hard to get to know people. And there's only so much that can happen on a Sunday morning. And so we are excited to announce that we, Lord willing, I think it'll work, uh, start and offer uh, home groups. We're going to call, be calling them Ohana groups. We're going to be offering those right after Easter. A couple weeks after Easter, we'll have several of those scattered throughout town during the week because we see that, man, God, God moves powerfully in a smaller gathering. And so uh, for those of you that call this church home or, or thinking about it or, or just at that place, um, we know that this can be such a rich part of your walk is that outside of Sundays, there's a place that you can gather with, you know, 10, 12, 15 people, and that becomes a place where you can be more open and vulnerable and real and ask for prayer, and that's just the springboard to uh, deeper relationships in the church, but we're excited um, that God is, is leading us towards that. We feel really good about that. We feel like um, God has kind of just been building us uh, on Sundays, right, just trying to get us going and, and kind of figure out that rhythm, but then move towards those smaller midweek home group type gatherings uh, come after Easter. Uh, also, we're, we feel like, you know, it's like the kid thing where you're growing up a little bit more, like, okay, I can sleep through the night. And um, that's kind of the, the sense that we feel on Sunday mornings and starting Ohana groups, but then 
right? We see that there's so much more than just us. Like there's a whole city, there's a whole island, there's, there's the whole world that need Jesus. And we want to, we as the church need to participate in that. We believe that we're called to and supposed to. And so we're really excited this year to develop and pray and ask God to use us locally. And so what's neat is, for those of you that don't know, we've had incredible favor meeting at this school. I mean, as you guys know, um, there's a bit of a history with churches meeting in schools over the last few years. It's pretty tense in some ways. And God really opened the door for us to meet here. And we have incredible favor with the principal and the faculty. And um, he actually calls us like part of their family. Like this is your church. Let this be your house on Sunday mornings. And so he really sees us as an extension. And already he's asked like three or four different things. Can, Can the church be a part of this year? Like there's different things we need volunteers for, there's different events, there's different things that we'd love for you to announce to the church to help us with. And uh, the, you know, the principal is not a believer, but he even you know, will allude to the fact that there's 200 local families that, uh, that are going to be in touch with the church, like that the church is going to be able to minister to. There's 200 families from just around here with uh, you know, kids of their own that go to this school. And so the principal has asked as a church that we would be heavily involved with stuff this year. And it's really neat. You know, it's really neat. It's not like we had to go and uh, and do that. God has just opened the door to meet here. He's opened the door. I don't know if you're into this or not, but we were able to just store like a storage container at the school. All our stuff to make this happen here. That's a big deal in mobile church world. Just so you know, if you've been a part of church that meets at an elementary school, they're probably pulling a trailer. You know, there's probably a trailer. So there's just huge favor with the principal, with the staff, and there's huge opportunities for us to serve as a church, the local community via the school here. And uh, we're praying that, that God opens the doors for people to come to know him through that. But also, like we talked about last week a bit, uh, global mission, like the idea of the church going out, like greater than Honolulu, greater than Oahu, greater than Hawaii, like going, to, going out to bring the gospel to those that don't know it. We believe that that is and should be a huge part of who we are. And so this year, our hope is to kind of connect you guys to some long-term missionaries that we have in Southeast Asia. Uh, specifically, uh, I've been going to this, this work that God's been doing um, maybe over the course of the last 15 years. Uh, it's a series of orphanages, but they also do evangelism to unreached people groups in uh, Thailand, Burma, and Laos. And uh, we're hoping that it works out for actually the, the main guy there. He's going to go to the mainland. He's going to come here this summer and kind of share with you guys. But our heart is to really connect or teach or equip God's heart to you for the nations and try to give some opportunities, ways in which we can do that. Um, but what, what gets me most excited, what gets me most excited looking forward is us committing together to Jesus. Like those of us that, that call this, that are going to call this home, this is our church, that we, that we don't just um, sit, but we participate. Like we participate in the building of God's kingdom through the local church. And that doesn't mean that everybody needs to do everything but that we, we come to church and that we think of church in a different way. And that, 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 that the local church, there's depth in it, that there isn't just something you come to, but, but we're active and committed to Sundays and to Ohana groups. And when the church is gathered, like we're intentional to meet people. We're intentional to meet people, intentional to get to know people, that we don't just think about ourselves and our consumers, but we're active participants. That's what gets me excited about. Because it is a small church, and we're able to do that. Like, we're able to start afresh and start new. You actually can get to know everyone. You can get to know them and their stories, and um, that's the beauty of it. But then also, I'm excited to see what God does when the church scatters. Like when you guys go out those doors, when we leave this place, when we leave this place and you encounter your friends and your family and your coworkers, I'm excited to see how God moves through you. 
Because God chooses to use us. He doesn't choose to do it outside of us. He chooses to use us for his glory. And already of you, I've gotten to know you and hear some testimony how God is using you. And I'm excited to see how he does. But also, I'm excited to see how God moves in this church as a sending point for long-term ministry to the world for those that don't know Jesus. Five years ago, when the Lord initially laid upon our hearts to start a church here. One of the things that got me most excited was, you know, Hawaii is so strategic in the world. That's why it's, it's on the map. That's why um, a lot has gone on here. That's why militarily or trading-wise, I mean, the history of Hawaii is because of where it is in the world. It's strategic. But I see it as a strategic sending point for the gospel going forth to the South Pacific and Asia. I do, I do. Because those nations live here. They're already here. I mean, in this room even, you could say, oh yeah, there's, there's, we're all you know, either this or that, or we know people. I mean, it is a, such a unique place and that the people of those nations that need the gospel already are living here in some sense. And so I so see that God does not done that um, haphazardly, that, that God desires strategically to train, equip, care for, and empower us to go. And I see that. I see that it, it very much. It gets me very excited. But at the end of the day, my prayer is that we would be a people that know the heart and will of God and we endeavor to live our high lives in pursuit and obedience to it, right? We know God and we know his word and we're all about Jesus. And we worship him and pray and our life is in obedience to it. And we say, God, here I am, do whatever you want. That we would be a people that cultivate that Sundays and throughout the week and any events that we do and anything that we do, that we would be a people centered upon the true reality, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for your church. Thank you said that you would build your church, Lord, and the gates of hell would not prevail. And we want to corporately once again just say, God, that this is your church. And when we gather, we gather for you and around you, Jesus. And we pray corporately that you would always be the one that is highly exalted in this place that you're the one that gets all the credit, that your name is high above every name. We pray that our eyes would be fixed upon you, our lives would be based upon you and your word. And Lord, we pray that you'd continue to knit us, you'd continue to unify us, that we would be a people of one mind and one accord, that we would be people that know your word, are led by your spirit and are transformed by it and are empowered to be on mission for your glory. And so God, we worship you now because you are so worthy and deserving of it and as a way of gratefulness for who you are and what you've done, we worship you now. We thank you, Lord. We love you.